Welcome to the Church of Greenville in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Please turn your Bibles to Psalm 45. Psalm 45. The last time I was with you on Wednesday evening, we considered the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did to his enemies among the Jews in 70 A.D. We looked at it from Leviticus and Deuteronomy all the way to the book of Hebrews and found that it's one of the greatest events in the Bible by the number of passages that refer to it. And we saw the Lord Jesus Christ in his terribleness. And I want to use this Psalm 45 to reconnect us to that last time we were together four days ago and then to see another side of him as well in the same Psalm. Let me read the first five verses of Psalm 45. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no doubt. The Apostle Paul quoted verses 6 and 7 in Hebrews chapter 1 about the Lord Jesus. This is an unusual psalm. It's a song of loves. It's a love song. It's about Jesus Christ's love of his church. The first five verses. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore, God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness. And thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. This is a description of the Lord Jesus Christ as a mighty conquering prince riding prosperously in righteousness, meekness, and truth. And his arrows are sharp in the hearts of the king's enemies, and they all fall under him. It says that his right hand shall teach him terrible things. The right hand of most men, and the exception of left-handers, is ignored in the passage, as it is throughout the Bible for the most part. His right hand would teach him terrible things in defeating his enemies. But as I wrote you a few days ago, that right hand reached forth and comforted the terrified John in Revelation chapter 1. While his right hand could do terrible things in battle, and he did them against his adversaries in Israel, at the same time, the terrified John in Revelation 1 was comforted by the same right hand, as it tells us there. So verses 1 through 5, I did use on Wednesday evening very quickly with you because they do assume a great conflict with Jesus Christ after he is in the world in his incarnation and he did defeat his enemies. But now I want to move ahead to verses 10 and 11, which is the other part of the love story, the love song. Hearken, O daughter, and consider... And incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people, 
and thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. What a change to look at us in verses 10 and 11 and asking us, telling us to forget our other relations in this world and our other connections in this world to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ himself and this king that would greatly desire our beauty. There's nothing beautiful about us except he's made us beautiful. And so it tells us, the king shall greatly desire thy beauty. He is thy Lord. Worship thou him. So the king that destroyed his enemies in verses 1 through 5 also greatly desires us and loves us in verses 10 and 11. And then let me close with verse 17, which is why we have this church, which is why I hope I'm alive with no other real reason. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. Let's commit ourselves to this 17th verse because he is worthy by the first five and he is worthy by greatly desiring our beauty. He loves us. He first loved us. Let us love him in return. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. We have chosen, especially for our second service today, an unusual form of content in order to remember his name in all generations. And so help me. Let's help the people praise him forever and ever. It's all about him. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us make today that way for him. Let us make every day that way for him. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, we thank thee that by your providential care of us, you inspired David and others to write the Holy Scriptures, and you providentially preserved them for us so that we can read the dictation of his heart about your Son, the great King, our Prince, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee that we have it in writing, and we thank thee that thou hast changed our hearts by divine grace, or we would not care this day. We thank thee that you have put a burden in us to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have put great passion in us for the Lord Jesus Christ. And where the passion is lacking, stir it up, O Lord, by your word. Stir it up by your spirit. And let us unite our hearts together today with one common theme, and that is to exalt thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We thank thee for him. We thank thee for his pure doctrine that we will consider in the first service. We thank thee that he has ordained for his churches to sing with grace and a melody in their hearts, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And we shall do that this day. Heavenly Father, we do not want to be like we have ever been before, and we do not want to be like others. Though we claim or desire no glory for ourselves, we want to give thee the best that we possibly can. Bless us today to do so. Strengthen us in our inner man, and reveal to us by thy Spirit 
the full dimensions of Jesus Christ's love that pass knowledge until we are filled with all the fullness of God. We thank Thee for this precious privilege. We shall never pass this way again. We know that. We ask that You would sanctify us this day by forgiving us our sins and cleansing us from all unrighteousness, that our worship will be acceptable in Thy sight through Jesus Christ, our perfect Lord. Boldly, we approach the eternal throne that no man in heaven or in earth or under the earth could approach. And John wept when he saw the dilemma in Revelation chapter 5. But we thank thee, Holy Father, that there was a man found of the tribe of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lamb of God, who was slain and appeared before thee and took the book of the everlasting covenant out of thy hand, ripped the seals off it, that we, the beneficiaries, might realize all the blessings that you have in store for your adopted children. We thank thee and we praise thee for the gift of grace in so many ways to send Jesus Christ for us, to open our hearts to receive him, that he might give us the gift of eternal life, that we might give thee the gift of praise and worship for the rest of our lives in this world and for eternity. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the privilege of meeting thee in freedom in this great nation of America. And we pray that you'll preserve our country, that we may continue to do this. Oh, Heavenly Father, do not let minds wander today. Do not let hearts think of other things. Draw us together. Draw us up tight. Let us shake ourselves from the things of this world and focus our attention upon thee. We thank thee for the gift of thy Son. We thank thee for the gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We thank thee for the gift of thy word. We thank thee for the gift of thy church. And we pray now that you will bless and sanctify all those gifts for our profit. And to the degree you strengthen us, O Lord, we shall give thee all the honor and all the glory and the blessing and the riches and the wisdom forever and ever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.